0: Well, hey, gang, my name is Shannon, and I am one of the pastoral staff here with CCF. Um, and hey, welcome back together to our family gatherings, huh? It's been a couple weeks, yeah? Yes, it has. If, you're the, if this is your first time tonight, you didn't know that we haven't gathered here for a couple weeks, but it's true. Uh, this is the first time in a couple weeks because of winter camp, that we haven't been here together. Uh, yep, for those of you who went to winter camp, um, it was excellent. Uh, but good to have you back. Um, it's good to be together tonight. Well, tonight we are going to dive back in, into our Living Sacrifices series. Yay, yeah, there we go. Okay, we're excited. Maybe we're warming up. So um, to quickly recap where we've been, our guiding text has been Romans 12, 1 through 2, where we hear the call to offer ourselves as living sacrifices to God in view of his great mercy to us. In other words, we want to be dead to ourselves, to our selfish desires, and all the other altars that we tend to give ourselves on. We want to be dead to ourselves, but alive to Jesus and all that He has for us because His life is a life that is really life. It's really, really life. Uh, Yeah, so last time we were all together, Jeff invited us to wrestle with a question. As a living sacrifice, where should I live? Because we offer ourselves to God, it has practical implications for every area of our lives. If you have not found that to be true, trust me, you soon will. Tonight, uh, we have another practical question to ask ourselves and to ask the Lord. Lord, how should I live as a living sacrifice? Um, But to get us to our question tonight, I want to introduce you all to a few of my heroes, Um, heroes of my life of faith, folks That I've looked up to um, as I follow Jesus, folks who have significantly shaped me um, and how I follow the Lord, and folks that have embraced this idea of living dead to self and alive to Jesus. Now, if you know me, if you've spent any any time with me at all, you will probably know that I have to start with Corey. Yep, there's Corey. Um, This is Corey. Her name is Corey Tenboom. She's best known for her book called The Hiding Place. If you have not read it, I strongly encourage you to do so. Um, It has the potential to change your life. Um, uh, Yeah, so she's best known for her book called The Hiding Place and her work in welcoming Jewish folks into her home during World War II when they were persecuted by the Germans. The Germans all over Europe... um, with their marching armies uh, taking over occupied countries in Europe, um, were persecuting the Jews, shipping them off to Germany to concentration camps, um, and Corey and her family took it upon themselves um, to welcome these folks into their homes. Um, but what she's maybe not so well known for is her work among mentally disabled people. She welcomed mentally disabled folks into her life, And sought to bring the love of Jesus to those who were seen by others as incapable of understanding the gospel. As you can see, Corey writes, um, But did they not need the Lord Jesus just like you and me? She sought to bring the gospel um, to these folks. Another one of my heroes is a missionary by the name of Jackie Poolinger. God sent Jackie to Hong Kong decades ago. And in her book, Chasing the Dragon, which we always have for sale on our book table, a book you should also read, she describes how God led her to the walled city of Hong Kong, a part of a city that was full of crime, gangs, drug addicts, prostitution, and great poverty. There, she began to welcome gang members, drug addicts, and prostitutes into her life and into a life with Jesus. Now, I've gotten to know Corey through many, many books because, well, she passed away when I was about three. Jackie still has a, mission, a ministry in Hong Kong, um, but she's a missionary far, far away. And so it can be easy to look at Corey and Jackie's lives and think, I don't ever think I could welcome people like they do. But here are two of my heroes who you actually know. David Nebel, his wife Shelly, and Jeff Mumley, his wife Jessica. Now, I could talk for hours about how David and Jeff have impacted my life. David has talked me off more than one ledge in my crazy brain. Um, And God has given Jeff um, just many words of um, of encouragement to me um, through his daddy heart, Um, The Father has extended his love for me as his daughter um, through many times with Jeff. And these men have impacted my relationship with Jesus and my life in ministry in incredible ways. So, thank you guys for that. Um, And I imagine that many of you um, have either been directly or indirectly um, influenced by these men of God. But what you may not know is how their call to be living sacrifices has led them uh, into foster care, into the foster world. David, Shelley, and their family have welcomed two little girls into their home for nearly two years. Jeff, Jessica, and their family welcomed three brothers, three young kids into their lives, and gave a safe home to the youngest for about two months. All quite unexpectedly, as they will tell you. And as I think about all these folks... Um, and who they have sought to welcome into their lives, I see two common characteristics. The first thing that I know these folks all have in common is that their arms are wide open in welcoming those around them. Corey made a space in her life to welcome those with mental disabilities. She saw a need among a group of overlooked people around her. Jackie found her mission to drug addicts and prostitutes because they were simply just all over the streets in the area where God had called her to minister. David and Shelly welcomed two baby girls into their lives because Shelley knew their mom in a school program where she volunteered. Jeff and Jess's son, Owen. Jeff, how old is Owen? He's eight and a half. He's eight and a half. Owen has a little missionary heart. Because he came home one day from school and wanted um, to set up a play date with one of um, his friends in his class, who happened to be the middle of these three brothers. And um, so Jeff and Jessica, oh, of course, we'll, we'll have these kids over. We'll have this, your friend over. Um, and soon they were welcoming all three brothers. And as they got to know their lives, they realized that not, everything was not well with them. That, that their life situation with their family, with their parents, um, was, was, was quite terrible. Um, and so Jeff and Jessica made a space in their home, in their lives, uh, for the youngest brother as, their two, as his two older brothers went to stay um, with a teacher. And so we find in our midst people who are living this thing out, who are welcoming people in their lives, um, those that often get unnoticed, overlooked, and have been particularly vulnerable. The second thing they all share is a common Lord. Jesus himself, the King and Lord of love, who was the first to welcome all sorts of people with arms and heart wide open. Now, if you haven't guessed already, our question for the evening is this. Who do living sacrifices welcome? Who do living sacrifices welcome? Who do living sacrifices reach out to? Who do they befriend? Who do we welcome into our lives? Because we've offered ourselves on the altar of God. The answer is everyone around me. Everyone. Everyone around me. But that, of course, is easier said than done. Because it requires at least three things. You could probably think of more. But it requires... At least three things. To have arms and heart wide open to everyone around us. And this is what it requires. The first, we need a new mindset. We need a new awareness. And we need an adventurous and obedient spirit. But before I go into these three things, uh, I want to ground us in a bit of Scripture. So um, if you have your Bibles, uh, grab your Bibles. It'll be up on the screen too. But uh, let's turn over to Mark chapter 1. I don't hear you shuffling around for your Bibles. Maybe your phones. It can be on your phone too. The only part of the service where you're allowed to check your phones. Mark chapter 1 verses 21 through 39. Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 39. Here we go. It's a a few verses. Stick with me. Lord, speak to us through your word tonight. They, meaning Jesus um, and his followers. Um, Now, Okay, before, like, I need to put the, put the pause, push the pause button for just a second. Um, think of this passage as a day in the life of Jesus early on in his ministry. There's a lot here in this passage, and we could probably spend weeks just unpacking it. This passage could be a series all in itself. But tonight, we're going to focus on what this bit of Mark's gospel tells us, about who Jesus welcomes and how he can inform um, these three things that we need uh, to welcome everyone around us with open arms and an open heart. Okay, on pause. They, Jesus and his followers, small band at this point, went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching. Because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out. This is not a usual day in church, friends. A man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet. Be quiet. Jesus said sternly, Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed and they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Verse 29. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the house of Simon and Andrew. Simon also meaning Peter. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. What are you doing out here in no man's land? There's a town just back here. Everyone is looking for you. And Jesus replied, unexpectedly, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I've come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Um, I just want us to pause here for a second. Um, If you could just humor me for a minute and just kind of close your eyes. Close your eyes. Now picture yourself walking into the synagogue with Jesus. Put yourself in the crowd. As a man shouts out some crazy talk... About this man, Jesus, being the holy one God promised to send. Imagine that you've come to church expecting a same old, same old kind of sermon, only to be amazed that you're watching a miracle happen. Put yourself in the shoes of a sick person who Jesus heals. What does it feel like? To suddenly have the fever gone. Okay, you can open your eyes. Just wanted us to get into the story a little bit. One of the things that strikes me about Jesus in this passage is his mindset, he's not going to fit into people's cultural or religious expectations. He's looking to do more than just teach about God and his kingdom. He is out to heal the sick and set the demon-possessed free, to drive out the darkness with the light of the Holy One. And he will welcome those who everyone else sees as unclean, the sick, who everyone else sees as dangerous or crazy those possessed with demons. His mindset is to reach out to those who are outside of who our human nature compels us to welcome. To live a life of arms and heart wide open like Jesus did, we need a new mindset. Instinctively, it's human nature to welcome and befriend those who are like us in personality, in interests, in values, in passions. We just naturally gravitate to those who are like us. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there is a tension for those who embrace Jesus and follow him. Because Jesus wants to touch everyone around us, not just a few And our culture reinforces the expression of our human nature. It says, Your people are the people who are most like you. But Jesus wants to reorient us into the mindset of every person around me is potentially my people. Everyone around me is potentially my people. We need a new mindset. To live a life of arms and heart wide open, to to live like Jesus did, to welcome people like he welcomed, we need a new awareness too. In this passage, Jesus was aware of people that would have gone unnoticed or ignored. Had Jesus not been in the synagogue with a man possessed with an unclean spirit, this man would not likely have been noticed by everyone else. He probably just would have stood in the back and remained invisible. But it was the presence of Jesus who caused the spirit in him to cry out. Simon, otherwise known as Peter, Simon's mother-in-law would have continued to suffer through her fever and who knows when someone would have gone to attend to her had Jesus not been, one, made aware of her sickness and, two, been willing to step into a sick room. How many of you are avoiding your roommates right now because they're sick? <laughs> Plenty of us. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. We don't want to pass our sickness around. But Jesus wasn't worried about catching the sickness of people. Because he knew he had the power to heal and drive their sickness out. Once word got out that a new teacher and a new healer were in town, suddenly everyone sick or possessed by a demon were brought to Jesus. People otherwise shunned and ignored were brought to Jesus. Because he could do something about their condition. Maybe one of the reasons why we don't welcome people who make us uncomfortable is because we don't feel like we have anything to offer. If you follow Jesus and he lives inside of you, you have the power of God to offer. So these 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 sick and these demon possessed were brought to Jesus when otherwise they might have been left alone to suffer in their sickness, their sickness of body, of mind. And of spirit. Who do living sacrifices welcome? We welcome those in close proximity to us who are around our lives. And we welcome especially those who go unnoticed or avoided or ignored by others. Classmates who sit all by themselves. Students in the dining halls who eat every meal alone. Students who are socially awkward and too shy to come out of their room. Those with different interests, personalities, backgrounds, career paths. People who are simply different than us and go unnoticed by others. Those are the kind of people that living sacrifices welcome. And, you know, as I was preparing for tonight, um, I just sensed that, um, that the Lord, he was, just, he was just so gentle, so simple. He's like, Shannon, will you just help my sons and my daughters just raise their awareness to notice people around them? We, we often um, don't reach out or, or welcome or befriend those who go unnoticed around us because we ourselves don't notice them. We've got our own cares, our own concerns, our own relationships, our own schedules, and we're just simply not aware. And that's okay because Jesus wants to just lift our eyes a little bit to take notice of people maybe we didn't notice yesterday, to pay a little more attention. As we walk to class, as we walk through the VU, as we walk through the dining hall, as, as we kind of it can be so easy, even, a house, even in the house of friends and roommates, to live such separate lives. Sometimes all we need is to lift our eyes just a little bit beyond ourselves. To lift our eyes above our daily comings and goings. To simply notice the people around us. And the good news is, is that Jesus, who is all about noticing the unnoticed, will help us if we ask him, Jesus, would you just help me notice someone I haven't noticed before as I walk to class today? Would you just help me notice someone I I interact with at work or a coworker? Just involve Jesus in your daily life because he lives in you and he's around you and he wants to help you notice the unnoticed so that he can touch them through you. And he'll provide the power, the courage and the gumption to follow through. And the really incredible thing about all of this, if we will simply ask Jesus, Lord, would you help me notice somebody new today? Is that those that you haven't noticed before, they won't go unnoticed anymore. And they will encounter Jesus who lives in you. So we need a new mindset. And we need a new awareness. And we also need an adventurous an obedient spirit to live a life of arms and heart wide open like Jesus did we need an adventurous and obedient spirit Jesus lived an incredibly adventurous life yeah he did <laughs> I heard that he traveled around his country when travel was really difficult nobody traveled hardly anybody went outside of their village in those days but Jesus traveled everywhere He had rich relationships with those who followed him closely. He was used by God to do incredible things. Things which he promised that those who followed him in the generations to come would be able to do too. And I think we all long for this kind of life. This adventurous, filled with the Spirit's power life connected to the father who can speak into our hearts hey uh, hey you see that person sitting over there why don't you just go and sit with him that's what he told philip he was like hey philip go stand next to this guy in his chariot philip was like okay what am i supposed to do it doesn't matter i'll just show you the lord shows us as we go and lo and behold the ethiopian had the scroll of isaiah open Maybe you'll sit next to somebody in class and they're like, got this Bible app on their phone that they just found because somebody else put it on there or whatever. And they're reading a piece of scripture and they're like, I just need somebody to explain this to me. And you're right there. (laughs) God has just created an opportunity for him to be known in that person's life. It's the life that we all long for. Adventurous, purposeful, powerful, Influencing others for good, for the really, really good kind of life. And tucked in this passage is the key to Jesus' life and power behind his ministry. And it is in verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus spent the early part of the day in prayer. And as I read this passage, I'm just compelled to wonder what he heard from the Father. For when his friends come to look for him, to take him back to town, and start up another fruitful day of ministry in Capernaum, he says, nope, we're not going back. There are others who need to hear my message and to receive God's healing. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also, for that is why I have come. I can't help but think that Jesus was walking in obedience to the Father. In prayer, he heard the Father say, the task I have for you today is not in Capernaum, it's beyond. So go to the nearby villages and preach there also. He could have stayed in Capernaum where his ministry was hopping, but he didn't. He obeyed the prompting of the Father. When we obey the prompting of the Father, miracles can happen. If you've never experienced that, if you don't believe me, just try it out one day. God, speak to me. Show me what you want me to do. Who do you want me to notice today? When someone comes to mind, just try it out and see what happens. Walk in obedience to the prompting of the Father. And what I love about Jesus is that in obedience to his Father... It's okay. The Father is speaking. (laughs) Just wanted to check, okay? Because you never know how he's going to talk to us. What I love about Jesus is that in obedience to his Father... He is constantly expanding his sphere of influence. In that day, his sphere of influence was in in the town of Capernaum. But he said, no, no, I'm not going to be content just being right here. The Father has said go elsewhere. So I'm going to go elsewhere, and I'm going to expand the influence that I can have today. Because the Father has said to go. He's not content just to reach out to those in Capernaum. He is about everyone hearing his message of the coming kingdom. Everyone having a chance to come close to God. Or or, um, perhaps a different way to think is that he wanted to give everyone a chance to let God get close to to them. Jesus wants everybody to have a chance for God to get close to those he's in proximity to. through his life. And so he goes to them. Did you know that you have a sphere of influence? Do you see yourself as an influencer? If you don't, you should. Think of the guys or the gals in your core Maybe there's some that you just haven't really reached out to or are really welcoming into your life because they're a little bit awkward or they're a little bit different. Your sphere of influence includes even those in your core. Think about your floor in your residence hall. What about there? Do you see where you live as your sphere of influence? Are there folks down the hall that you're like, kind of weird? I'm not going to really reach out to them or welcome them into my life. Who has time for that? When Jesus says, I do, go talk to them. (laughs) Think about your classes. Who sits all by themselves every day? Think about the dining hall or in the VU. Does anyone come to mind who would be blessed with your company at lunch or dinner? Who would be blessed by the company of the Jesus who lives in you? Think about who else is out on the periphery of your sphere, of your life. Who comes to mind? Because I think that we, we focus so much of our attention on a small sliver of our sphere of influence. Those who are like us, those who share our interests. And Jesus wants to expand us out and say everyone in your sphere, everyone around you is potentially your people. Some of us simply need to realize that we actually do have a sphere of influence, that you're the only one who can influence those around you through your experience, through your journey, through your eyes. And Jesus is in the mix, and it's likely that they're only going to experience him through you. Again, simply ask Jesus each day, Lord, who would you want to reach through me today? It's not, I wonder who Jesus would want me to reach out to. No, Jesus, who do you want to reach through me? Through this living sacrifice. I'm so small. It's just a small offering. But Jesus, who do you want to reach through me? Then you just listen. Maybe someone comes to mind and just look for them throughout the day. Lord, help me to notice those I've gone, that have gone unnoticed by me. Initiate a conversation a coffee date or a lunch. And the more that we practice this, the more that we, ha- that we hear and the greater the adventure becomes. It's normal human behavior. To stick with people like you, like us. To build friendships with folks with similar backgrounds and interests. But what would happen? What would happen if we, each one of us here, lived differently? What would happen if we began to notice everyone around us instead of just a few? What would happen if we welcomed people who no one else hardly noticed? What would happen if we obeyed God's prompting in our hearts to reach out to those we wouldn't normally engage with? How would our lives be different? How would their lives be different? Worship team, you guys can come on up. In conclusion, just want to recap where we've been tonight. Who do living sacrifices welcome? Everyone. Thank you. Everyone around us. Yes, that's important. Everyone around us, everyone in our sphere of influence is potentially our people. And we need that new mindset. And we need a new awareness, seeking to notice those who go unnoticed. And we need an adventurous and obedient spirit. Uh, the last two weeks, um, we, we've kind of been in this, uh, in, this po- in this posture of open hands before the Lord you know, in offering ourselves as living sacrifices, in, in offering um, a um, maybe a fearful prayer, Lord, where would you have me live next year? Whether you're a freshman or a senior, or anyone in between, Lord, where would you have me live next year? An offering to the Lord, open hands, to offer our bodies, our whole selves to him, And to open our hearts to where he might tell us to live for the sake of those in closest proximity with us to know him. So we've been with open hands before the Lord. Today, tonight, um, our posture is this. Open arms that will express an open heart to everyone around us. And I realize that, you know, if you start thinking like listing off in your mind all the people that are around you, I mean, I get immediately overwhelmed by that thought. But really, what I I hope comes across tonight is that as you offer yourself to Jesus, and as you open your arms to everyone around you, and if you ask Jesus, today, Jesus, day to day, Lord, help me notice who I haven't noticed before. My arms are open and welcome. Would you would you would you bring someone to mind that I can welcome today? I think that's all that the Lord desires of us: simply an open posture before Him, and an engaging conversation, a relationship that engages engages Jesus in our coming and, comings and goings. Saying, "Lord, my arms are open. Who do you want to touch through me today?" So, if you have been hurt, uh, stirred in any way by anything you've heard tonight, um, would you just stand? If there's anything that I've said that is just stirring in your heart, and and as best as you can, would you just. Open your arms before the Lord. I know, like, bam, bam, like, try not to knock over the the person next to you. Above, open your arms. Stay with me. Stay with me. We're wrapping it up. Because, gang, what this does is it communicates with your body what's in your heart. Jesus, I'm open to you tonight. And I'm open to welcoming anyone around me that you would say, go sit next to, go hang out with, go have a conversation. This is how he wants us to live. So let's pray with our arms open. I'll try not to be too long-winded. Lord, Lord, I'm amazed at how many students are standing tonight. As they're stirred by your spirit, we stand together as a community. And we say, Jesus, we're open to you. And we, in an act of faith, <clears throat> Jesus, we open our arms and we open our lives to anyone around us. And Jesus, I pray that what we leave with tonight is a reminder by your spirit each day this week to ask you, Jesus, who do you want to touch today? I'm open. My arms are wide open to you today. Would you speak? Would you help me, God, be obedient to what you're saying? Because when you ask something of us, man, if we would just follow through and trust you with that, God, you move in power, and the wonders of the living God follow us wherever we go. So, Lord, as a community of individuals, Lord, we stand with open arms tonight. And we say, Lord, tonight I'm open. Help me be open tomorrow. Because tomorrow is filled with new opportunities and possibilities. Teach us to obey you, to keep in step with your spirit. Would you pour yourself out through our lives? Because there are people around us that you want to welcome. And we want to partner with you in that. Lord, we love you and we're open before you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen.